Hello, my friends. Welcome to How to Live the Podcast, where we are figuring out this thingy called life. We are your hosts, Jess and Steph Dadon. Hi, hi, hi. So lovely to be here with you today. I am actually coming off the back of an Instagram detox which we haven't discussed. Ooh, a detox. Tell me everything we have not discussed. Okay, so I feel like I'm completely and totally addicted to my phone at the moment, like most people. Same. Oh my God, same. Yeah, it's just terrible. And every week on a Sunday when my phone notifies me how much my screen time has been up or down, I am just disgusted at the hours that are being churned out on my phone. Like I'm talking this week, my screen time was down 15% at four hours and 25 minutes. Oh, okay. Whoa. I feel sick. I never actually check mine since you told me how to turn it on the last few weeks, but I'm seeing averages five hours, six hours, five hours. What? How do I use my phone that much? I know it's disgusting. And a friend of mine actually posted hers over the weekend. And I saw today that it was up 115% from last week, although her average time was only about three hours. So I told her she was laughing, but it's just got me reflecting on how deeply addicted we are to our devices. So, so deeply. I feel at the moment how... I'm just getting into my phone for no reason to just mindlessly scroll and I know I'm doing it and I know it's stopping me from getting out of bed or getting up off the couch and I'm not even enjoying it but at the same time I don't know how to break it. I know well something really screwed up was happening to me over the weekend where I had noticed this happening so I decided I would delete Instagram from Friday night until Monday morning And rather than in the past where it's meant I haven't been on my phone that much, I was actually reaching for my phone just as much, but I would look for other things to do. So like I was scrolling through Facebook. Guys, I never, ever scroll through Facebook. I just don't use it. I was also looking a lot at old photos and that was more wholesome than scrolling on Instagram, but it was still this need to be on my device when there was absolutely nothing going on on it. Oh, I so feel you. I keep going into Facebook and I'll literally be ready for bed. I'll be about to turn the lights off and then I just pick up my phone and start scrolling through Facebook. I don't care what's on there. I haven't spoken to anyone on there for like 10 years. What am I doing? I know. And Elliot will see me doing it and he'll like come up behind me and say, scroll, 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 scroll. Like he makes fun of me because he's <laughs> so not addicted. But it is really sad. I don't really have any answers. I just have a lot of questions. Well, I think it is an addiction. That's the weird part about it is that it's normalized everybody having an addiction because, oh, you're on your phone. That isn't an addiction, but it is. And I feel how it is. And I feel how there's some involuntary response within me that's doing it, even though I know it's not serving me. Mm, 100%. That's how I felt all weekend long. Yeah. Like I feel like it's actually a serious thing. Maybe we'll go and do some investigating and, and see who's really doing a lot of good in this space and some tips on how to break this addiction. And we can have another podcast episode on that. Mm, I feel a chat coming on, but let's pause that chat to come into our next chat. 
Let's come into today's chat. Before we do, I just wanted to give a little announcement that next week I am going to be on a silent retreat. I'm so excited, by the way. I'd be terrified if I were you. Everybody says they would be terrified, but I could not think of anything better than being silent for seven days, no one being able to talk to me and me being able to talk to no one. I think that's how deeply I need a restful, I don't want to call it a holiday, but a holiday, you know, at the moment I need rest so badly that that is just my idea of heaven. So I'm really excited about it. And also it's a public holiday in Melbourne on Monday. So we thought, you know what, we're just going to skip next week's podcast app, but we will be back the following week. Yes. So today's episode, we are going to be talking about lockdown learnings or rather revisiting. I guess it's worth mentioning at this point that the lockdowns happening in Melbourne right now are different for everybody. And I think that all people are experiencing some form of angst, whether it be with your mental health or whether it be physical security or financial security. But we do want to come at it from this positive, I guess, light. You can find the other doom and gloomy stuff of which there is plenty of and of which it is very, very real on Instagram and on other podcasts. But today we do want to talk about this silver lining because there is a silver lining to be found in every moment, no matter how dark. And we are committed on this podcast to always bringing you that side of life, not to wash over the shit stuff, but just to also say, hey, look, some good stuff can also come out of some shit stuff. So that's what we're going to be talking about. So let's get on into today's chat. So I think that your perspective on this is going to be a bit different to mine at the moment because obviously I am in Byron and I am not in lockdown, but obviously all my friends, all my family are in lockdown in Melbourne. So I've been chatting to a lot of people about it. And for me, what stood out the most was when you guys were going into lockdown, when you first found out, I was like, oh no, I feel so bad for them. And I checked in with everybody about how you're feeling and everyone was like, Yes, we're so excited. We're going into lockdown. We get to cancel our plans. And I so feel that. Like I actually ended up being like, whoa, I'm a bit jealous. I wish I was canceling all of my plans. And so we got to chatting about how we all came to live life quite slowly in 2020 because we were forced to. But now that things have opened up, we've all taken on so much again and we seem to have so quickly forgotten all of those beautiful lessons that we learned last year about slowing down, about taking on less, about actually stopping and smelling the roses and enjoying life. And so I think it's so interesting that now where I thought everybody would be like, oh, lockdown, it's like, oh, beautiful reminder to be slow and enjoy. Mm, Yeah, I do think it's such a shame that it ended up being extended longer than seven days for a lot of reasons, obviously. But I think also when it was just that initial seven day, like you said, lots of people just were able to take a breath. And I, for one, took a ginormous sigh of relief just 
feeling like I was so busy and so overwhelmed and so exhausted and back on that hamster wheel and not knowing how to get myself off of it. And then there was this moment where someone said, more specifically the premier of Victoria, (laughs) that I was allowed to not do anything for seven days and renege on all of the commitments that I had made. And that honestly felt like a gift which made me go, "Uh uh-oh, what's wrong with the way that I'm living my life that this feels like a gift? It doesn't feel like I'm supposed to be feeling that way. And I think that from my days of reflecting on it and also from speaking to my therapist, because I recently started talk therapy again. Yay! Yep, very happy, is that I ultimately still have not been able to shake that people-pleasing mentality. And I am always looking to say yes to everyone else. My example was, I will be holding a hundred things. You're holding three things. And I'm still saying to you, oh, just give them to me. I'm fine. You know? Mm. And I think that most people, most women because we're such givers and nurturers, really do have this disposition to just want to do everything for everybody else and not spend time doing things for themselves. And so I think that when we are given this get out of jail free card, or you don't need to go to those six things that you committed to this weekend that you really don't want to go to, it does feel like a bit of a sigh of relief. Yeah, I think it's... Even in the ways that we don't even notice it, it's so, so subtle how much we do stuff for other people. I would probably say everyone, every single person on the planet does it, whether it's just going and hanging out with a friend. We don't actually check in with ourselves that in this moment, do I really want to do this? Because we just, there's so many layers of conditioning. There's so many layers of I'm meant to be doing these things and it's not really acceptable to turn around and be like, oh, hey, I'm actually just really not feeling it today. So can we just not hang out today? Like how rude would our society perceive that person to be if you said that? Mm, Totally. I know I always feel like I have to lie. Like if I'm going to say no to somebody, I am automatically coming up with a lie in my head of what to tell them, how I can get out of it rather than just saying my honest truth. I can't be bothered. Agreed. And When you said before that you don't know how to get off the hamster wheel, I feel like when I say, oh, I'm so jealous that you guys are in lockdown and that you get to cancel all of your plans and just do nothing. Well, what's stopping me from doing that? I think it's so weird because it's like these invisible handcuffs that are Mm -hmm. holding me to all these plans that I had. And I think it's hard because on the one hand, I am excited about things, but I can recognize that my body's a bit exhausted and that I really do need some time to do nothing, yet I don't do anything about it. So not knowing how to get off the hamster wheel is literally just not knowing how to stop moving our legs really fast. And all you have to do is stop moving, stop. Mm. But why is that so hard? I think that it's this conditioning that's so deeply ingrained in us, productivity and getting shit done and the need to just be moving at a million miles an hour, all of those things are still 
really valued in our society. I know we talk about how we hate them, but ultimately they are. And we grow up in this society telling us mostly subliminally that that is the way that we should be living. So ultimately it is really hard to say, I'm going to go against the grain and I'm actually just going to live a really slow life. I don't know if I've mentioned on this podcast, but my boyfriend Elliot and I are looking at buying a house, which is very exciting. And we're looking about an hour out of Melbourne to try to seek out a slower life. And it's been really interesting to watch people's reactions when I tell them that. Some people are so the vibe and they get it and they're like, wow, what an incredible lifestyle choice. Good for you. But to be honest, majority of people, their response is more like, wow, why would you want to do that? And how are you going to fill your time out there? And what are you going to do like on the weekend? And my answer is um, nothing, I hope. Yeah, like fill your time. How funny is that? What are you going to fill your time with? Why are we filling our time? Yeah, and I also think, I don't know, for me, I'm at this incredible point in my life where I don't have children and I feel like eventually I probably will have children and then I'm going to be totally fucking run off my feet. Shout out to all of the moms out there. Honestly, have no idea how you do it like genuinely but I think right now is the time in my life where I do need to be taking advantage of this nothingness that I'm able to fill my life with well and I think that if you did have kids in that way it would be in a lot slower of a way because I think that the way that we're told that we need to parent and be mothers by society as well of the society that we live in is you need to be working all the time. You need to be the best mom ever. You need to be fully kind of present with all the arrangements and the engagements and the cooking, the things. And, you know, you need to do all of that still. And it's not okay to just be a bit slow and do one thing at a time or fully focus on one thing or be bad at some stuff. It's not really acceptable. You need to be good at everything. You need to have it all together. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. Which is a whole other conversation really because that's so hard. And why do we put these expectations not only on other people but also on ourselves? But I do want to bring it back to our experience right now, which is in this lockdown and what else there is to be noticed and learned in this period. So what are some of the things that you've loved most about being in lockdown now that you had your lockdown, then you went back to normal life and now you're back in it? What are you remembering that you really, really love about this? I think it's this different approach to time that you're able to have if you're only at home. Like even the way I approach working and my time at work, I feel is really different. Like If I'm feeling really stuck at my desk, I can go for a walk and get some fresh air or even watch an episode of something. And those are the types of things that I remember doing last year in lockdown. And then I kind of lost them when I went back to my normal life. Even though I have continued to work mostly from home, I think I just started looking at time in that more conventional way. Like I have to get as much out of my day and that means sitting and grinding and those sorts of things. Whereas now I'm noticing that I have much more of a tendency to fill my day 
with lots of different things. So when it's work, it's not only work, but it's also inspiration or looking around the internet at other brands or reading articles on business of fashion. And there's just more of a variation than like a tick of to-do list, which is how I kind of feel like you actually approach work living in Byron because you are kind of on your own time there. Definitely. I feel like I really resonate with that in the way that I work in Byron. And I think that for me, coming from having just been in Melbourne for a few weeks and going to our office a lot of the time, almost every day, to being back here and working in this slower way. And I guess because I work from home in Byron, I definitely am working in that flowy way where I feel like the way that we work when we're in an office is that you never check in with yourself, that you never check in with your body, that you're meant to like squeeze the juice out of every moment, that you need to grind a lot more. And I'm starting to realize how we're trying so hard to go against the grain and do things differently and create a new way of working for our team. But I'm feeling really conflicted about whether that can happen within these old constructs of the way that we do things. I don't know that we can work in an office in the way that we always have and be bringing in these new, slower, more feminine principles. I really don't know that they can both be done. And I think that a challenge is how do you bring a team together? How do you make people feel connected while also bringing in that slowness and that a lockdown is kind of the only way currently that we can live like that. Mm, Can really like stop and pause and listen to yourself in every moment and move from a place of only servicing you and not thinking about others and not having to put others in front of yourself at every fucking minute of the day. Yeah, like is that possible? Is it possible to do that? in the current system? I don't know. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think something else I've noticed about this lockdown is that we all came into it really sure, or I know I did, that it was just going to be seven days. And then they were like, oh, no, no, it's going to be 14. And then I hope it's just going to be 14, but ultimately I don't know. And It has actually been a nice reminder and I've been able to be a little bit playful and comical about it. The fact that we don't know what is happening tomorrow. Like had you told me two months ago we were going to be back in a two-week lockdown or more in June, I would not have believed you. I would have once again said, no, that won't happen. That's not going to happen again. That was last year. They can't do that again to us. It's just not going to happen. I would have been 100% sure. And even when they were speculating about a lockdown, I was the one sitting there saying, it won't happen. There's no way. And so it is just... I guess you could look at it as a scary reminder, but I'm choosing to look at it as a nice reminder of how out of control everything basically is around me and that I am only here to create an experience for myself. I only am in control of what I'm in control of and everything else is up to the universe. And so I just have to totally surrender to that and say, okay, well, 
If meditating this morning is going to make me have an easier day, then yes, I should absolutely do that. But ultimately, I have no control of how this day is going to go. Are they going to announce some sort of shit news later? Maybe. But if I've meditated this morning, am I going to be a little bit more ready to deal with that news? Probably. So that's what's in my control. So that's what I will do. Mm, It's such a powerful reminder of this teaching that I feel like just totally slipped out of my awareness, which is that we can't control things, but we can accept things. And it's this idea of accepting how things are, setting intentions for them to be different in the future, you know, make plans based on how you want your life to look, but really accepting how things are at the moment, which feels so counterintuitive in so many ways because you're like, well, no, I don't want to accept it because that's not fighting for change. That's accepting a shit situation. But it's actually more about accepting it within your body. Like the only person who suffers from not accepting is you. It feels difficult in your body to not accept a current situation. That doesn't mean you want things to be different, but it just means less suffering in the moment because things are the way they are. So you have two choices. You can accept them and then move forward and plan and look at what else you want your life to look like and create that space for yourself. Or you can reject what is happening at present and it's just going to cause inner turmoil. And it's such a basic learning, but somehow it's so hard to actually embody it. Mm, 100%. I find it really hard. I find it so hard, especially when things that are happening aren't what you want to be happening. Like at the moment, I've just been feeling like really exhausted for the past week. And at first I thought maybe I was low in iron, but I've been taking a lot of iron. So it's not that. And I can't quite shake this feeling of exhaustion. I'm a little bit dizzy. And obviously I'm taking steps. I'm booking things in to try and shift it. But I'm really finding it hard to just accept that that's how I am right now. And so I'm kind of struggling with it. But that struggle is what's creating the issue. Actually feeling tired, like, okay, I feel tired. If I can accept that, it's not that bad. Yeah. But it's the layer of non-acceptance that I'm putting over it that's making it such a struggle. So true. If only we could get out of our own ways like that, right? Mm, Yeah. Something else that I think that these lockdowns are actually good for is sitting with shit and really highlighting to you where needs your attention. So it's so easy when you're busy and when you're running around and doing all the things to just not pay attention to anything that you need to pay attention to or anything that needs your attention. But when you are forced to actually be still, it's like screaming at you in the face. So for me, Elliot and my relationship has just like really just gone to the back burner, I would say. We just finish this relationship course that we did that I mentioned on this podcast. If you haven't listened to our episode, Conscious Coupling, definitely encourage you to go and do that. So we finished that course on such a high and for a little while we were really deep in those learnings and then inevitably life happened. I teach two mornings a week 
at 6 a.m. So I'm up by 5 a.m. two mornings a week. Another two mornings a week, Elliot goes for a really early run. So we've just been like ships in the night. We have not had any time for each other. And I've known this in the back of my mind, but I've just been justifying it by saying, oh, well, this is just where we are right now and that's fine, which it is. But also it's been really interesting to then be together in lockdown. And I remember last time we were together in lockdown, I enjoyed the shit out of him and we had such a good time. And I remember thinking, wow, this is such a great relationship. If anything bad happens again, I can just remember this moment and say, okay, when it's just the two of us, when all the shit hits the fan, when the world is ending and it's just me and him, it's wonderful. And this time I didn't feel like that. And we've been getting on each other's nerves and we've been complaining to each other that we don't feel like we're each other's priority, but at the same time, we're not really making each other our priority. And all of these things that in real life were already happening, these things were already at the surface, but we just weren't stopping to actually notice them and pay them attention. And now that we've had to sit and be with each other for this amount of time, it's been really wonderful because... Well, initially it was friction and we were getting on each other's nerves and I wanted to punch him in the face a little bit. But now we've kind of moved through some shit. We've talked some shit out. We've put some things in place. And I definitely feel like today on day 10 of lockdown or something, we are in a far, far better place than we were 10 days ago, which is just attributed to the fact that we had to sit and be with each other and figure our shit out Mm, that's so cool I mean there are so many things I feel like that we don't look at in daily life like that and I feel like it's kind of a skew in priorities like you would have way prioritized going to the post office to pick up your latest thing that arrived over facing your relationship with Elliot right Mm. like anything, any little thing that happens in daily life or you would have prioritized a coffee that you said you'd have with a friend who you haven't seen in 10 years because they reached out to you on Instagram and you felt like you couldn't say no. So you're prioritizing that over your actual relationship that's so, so important, that's affecting you every day. And it's just like we totally lose perspective on things and the goal becomes the grind and the busy and not actually looking at what's going on inside our lives yeah okay while you're talking I just had a thought the word commitments that sucks we should get rid of that word like you know when you're like oh looking at your week I've got so many commitments why do we call it that who cares that you committed to it uncommit bitch oh totally and like if you are thinking about it like a commitment then get rid of it You know, like if it's something that you want to do, if it's fun there and if you can convert that commitment into fun, like can you rename it into being fun, into being something you want to do, then great, do it. But if you're seeing someone, if it's something really unnecessary that you don't need to be doing that you committed to and that's the only reason you're doing it, don't. Mm, I feel like I'm constantly saying the words, oh, I have these commitments or I made this commitment. Ugh, stop it. (laughs) Just stop it. Yeah, and also, can I tell you what else I really like is that I feel like people feel this need to make plans really far in advance. So, you know, there are, I think different people differ in how far ahead they like to make plans. But, you know, there are those people that text you and they're like, oh, in two weekends time, in three weekends time, let's hang out. Yes. 
And then when it comes around, I don't really feel like doing that. And I think something that I've managed to do while being in Byron, because I don't have all the friends that I've accumulated over my lifetime here in this one place, often a weekend will just literally will go in without plans. Like it happened to us last weekend. Renan and I both had zero plans. And then on Friday night, we ended up in town for dinner with a friend that we hadn't seen in years who happened to be in town. And then on Sunday afternoon, we ended up at a pub like half an hour away and some friends came down and all of these plans popped up within like 10 minutes before we were actually going to do them. And we were able to be like, hey, what do we feel like doing right now? And the other people were able to be like, what do we feel like doing right now? And rather than feeling like we have to fill our time, I feel like those forward plans almost come from a fear of not doing anything. But actually, if we can let go of that need to make plans and do things in advance, then really beautiful stuff can happen. We can go on crazy adventures that we didn't even know were going to happen. And also it gives us a lot more time for space and doing nothing if that's what we feel like we need in the moment. Yeah, that is so true. I hate making plans in advance. Oh my God. Anytime someone tries to make a plan in advance with me, I'm like, I really don't like that. Can you just call me on the day and we'll do brunch? Like I won't make any plans, but let's just talk on the day. It should be illegal to make plans more than five days in advance. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And can I tell you what else? Sometimes you just want a weekend where you can do nothing. And why do we have to wait until lockdown for that to happen? Like I just had a weekend where I'm not even joking. I reckon I watched 16 episodes of Housewives or something like that. I'm not even joking. I watched so many episodes of Housewives. I was really behind on a lot of the franchises and I caught up over the weekend. And it was so indulgent, but I would never allow myself to do that on a non-lockdown weekend, which is ridiculous because I enjoyed the shit out of myself. It's so nice. I think there's also this guilt that usually comes without. Like I wanted to do that on the weekend. But once I watched one or two episodes, I started to feel guilty. I started to feel shit about myself. And then it ended up no longer being enjoyable. Mm. And it's kind of like because you're forced to stay home, then you're giving yourself permission to do that. And then you're finding it enjoyable, which just means that it's a mental construct, that guilt and that not enjoying. Because if I was able to really let go of this idea that I should be outside, I should be doing something else, then I could really just be present with what I was doing and enjoy those 16 episodes I was going to watch. Absolutely. I actually have decided through this whole process that every, I'm still deciding what the time frame's going to be. I'm thinking every three months, but it could be brought sooner. Every three months, I'm going to block out in my calendar three days from like a Friday to Sunday where I have an enforced lockdown on myself and I'm not allowed to make any plans and I have to stay home and just be with myself. I love it. I'm not even kidding. I was going to suggest we have to all enforce lockdowns on ourselves, but then I was like, is this too extreme? But no, it isn't. I love it. Yeah, like just the weekend, you obviously still work because everyone needs to do that. But then come the weekend... Offer yourself that space to say no. And if you are like me, which you probably are, and you find it hard to say no because basically everybody does, 
this is a really good reason. You can say, oh no, I've imposed a lockdown that weekend on myself and I'm just going to stay home, me, my book, my puppy, whatever it is, your housewives, your wine, whatever you want it to look like and just you do you and have that be a way where you're able to say no to people and prioritize yourself in a easier way than it is to just say no to someone when they ask you to come and hang out with them on the weekend. And better yet, you can tell people you have plans that weekend because you do. You have plans to do nothing. You don't need to tell them about your lockdown if you'll feel too guilty because they'll laugh at you and then you'll be like, okay, fine, I'll hang out. Just say you have plans. You do. With yourself. Yes. All right. Well, we are going to leave it there for you. If you are feeling like you don't have enough to do in lockdown, you can always come and hang out with us in our Facebook group. We are How to Live the Podcast. And if you are finding it hard to find a silver lining in this lockdown, that's totally okay too. It's a really fucking weird time that we're living through and things are super uncertain. So if you feel like you don't want to bring your head above the Duna cover today, you do you boo we are absolutely 100% behind you if anyone is struggling please reach out to us if you need someone to chat to or someone to make you laugh or send you a cute gif of a golden retriever we are your peeps also if anybody is struggling at the moment and just finding their energy to be quite chaotic can relate and apparently astrologically it's got to do with the super blood moon eclipse that we just had And we're moving into some sort of a solar eclipse followed by another lunar eclipse. So shit be weird out here and it is all good. We are all feeling it. Love you so much. Bye. See you in two weeks.